Well, good morning, ladies. Welcome back to Living Bold once again. Um, it's pretty crazy to think that we are in season two already, episode three. Um, the last couple weeks, we got to share a couple stories, and I'm really excited to be journeying with you guys again, um, heading into uh, season season two, episode three. So here we are. It is a nice, cold, brisk morning here in Boise, and I hope that all of you ladies are having an awesome week, and I'm very excited to um, be talking about this week's topic. So today, I'm actually going to be talking about instant gratification and kind of the problem in our generation and just in our culture with you know, the kind of the negative aspects of instant gratification. But then we're going to kind of go into and dive into different objectives or even just different ways to combat the issues with instant gratification. So hopefully we'll end on a on a good note, obviously not just talking about all the negative. But so we're going to go into three different components and actually four different components of, you know, talking about instant gratification and the definition itself And then what exactly is going on in the brain um, when we're kind of thinking through those processes? And then we're going to kind of dive into problems that I have specifically seen just, you know, through work or kind of day to day, you know, the problem with instant gratification. And then at the end, I think is where there's five different examples that I'm going to go through of ways that we can combat um, this issue. And cause I think we'll find, especially as we kind of go through this study here this morning, that when you are wanting things so quickly and just that, um, aspect of instant gratification, it can really relay and can really manifest itself in so many different aspects of life. And that can be really, really tough because, you know, it's kind of seeping into, character and um, the way that we go about life. And so it's not, it's not so simple and it's not such a simple sin or a, you know, simple issue to get through. It can really, really wreak havoc on a lot, a lot of your life. So we are going to dive in this morning. I'm so excited that you guys are all here. Um, So the definition we're actually going to start with from the dictionary. So keep it basic is the resistance to the temptation of an immediate pleasure in hopes of obtaining a long lasting reward. And one of the one of the things I kind of find interesting, I would say, with instant gratification is the definition itself of kind of this purpose or this desire to have a long term goal. You're just wanting it in a really short amount of time. And that can be a really, really tough thing because you know, you never learn to work for something. You're always just wanting that um, reward instantly. But what's really hard is I think a lot of people are really wanting to work hard, you know, for something or that is kind of their is kind of their goal in the back of their mind. They're thinking, oh, you know what, this is something that is going to take a long time to work for a long time to achieve. But they still, you know, that, um, that part of your brain is kind of taking over where you just want, you want it instantly. And when our culture is really feeding that or kind of feeding that desire, it makes it really hard then to actually want to continue in those long-term goals. So that's just kind of the definition. Again, the resistance, the temptation of an immediate pleasure in hopes of obtaining a long lasting reward. So, you know, what might come in a really long time you want like that just at the snap of a finger um, so we're going to kind of focus on what exactly now in this next consecutive part what's what's going on in our in our brain 
So there's, I wish I could say that these two parts are in cahoots, but they're actually definitely in a battle with one another. And the first part is the limbic system. So this is actually a very dominant part of the brain. It lives in the now, um, loves pleasure and reward. So there's kind of this back-to-back aspect of, you know, stress versus pleasure, basically. So I talked about in my podcast previously a lot of different examples, even just within nursing, where I kind of live at this heightened heightened level where, you know, there's a lot of cortisol released, and that's your stress hormone. Um, and then the same thing with dopamine is that pleasure. So a lot of times in instant gratification, when you want things right now, you're releasing both hormones to where you become really stressed because you're not getting what you want instantly. So then your body and your mind is constantly trained to be in that, um, kind of be in that limbo for a long time, but it's really hard and it can be detrimental even on your health if you're constantly living kind of at those escalated levels. And then we have a different part of our system and it's our prefrontal cortex. And, you know, I laugh because we talk about this a lot, you know, with, um, guys. And I feel like even just with, you know, relationships, you know, a lot of people will talk about, you know, girls and dating when they're dating guys, if there's a lot of red flags or issues, you know, after 25, after that frontal cortex is fused, they're like, oh, there's no hope for them. Like nothing's going to change. And we laugh about it. But at the same time, I think we're seeing more and more with women and men kind of this issue of that fusion, really. Like we're just, we're always kind of in the um, pleasure seeking, thrill seeking. We don't, you know, we're not really taking that time to be rational, to be conscious, to be intentional. And that is what the frontal cortex, especially once it's um, fused and it's really developed. And I mean, there's, there's people obviously that are going to develop later or develop, you know, in different, different ways. Everybody's different, but one thing I just love about kind of how that system works is it allows us to be rational. It allows us to plan for the future. It allows us to be conscious of what we're doing, rational in what we're doing. And it can really kind of work against that piece of wanting things, you know, now and quickly because you're allowing yourself to um, kind of develop those thoughts and develop those plans that you want for your future and for your life. And so I think that can be a pretty, pretty awesome pretty awesome thing. And I would say, you know, if you're going to focus on one system in this sense, you know, limbic versus prefrontal cortex, um, and what's going on, that's what I would focus on is just really being, um, patient and humble and thinking through things and thinking through your plan. And a lot of times you do make better decisions or even just decisions that are more honoring to Christ when you're really focused in that way. So to kind of end that piece, just with even what's going on in the, the mind, what's really hard about it is they are, these two systems are obviously not in, um, they're not in conjunction. They're not in cahoots, so to say with each other. So it's a battle because the farther away our goal is, we then put less value in it because we can't obtain it right away. And I think what's really kind of unfortunate when I, when I was reading through an article and it was actually by Melissa Hughes, I believe, and she kind of wrote about, Um, instant gratification more from a secular point of view, but she was exactly right in that it is really difficult when you're kind of taking, taking away from your lifelong goals or just the value in that, because it really can build a lot of strong character. It can really build who you are. And then I think about it, even just from a spiritual perspective, if you're refusing to take the time to um, invest in maybe what 
God wants you to do or even kingdom work, sometimes that progression is a really long time. And if you're totally taking away from that, you're totally taking away from God's plan and his control and his leadership and maybe just even character um, in your life. So it can be just such a, such a distraction, you know, and for me too, I had this one example of that where it was, it definitely ended up being a God thing, but I think I just kind of had this moment of like instant gratification, even as a nurse. So I, um, was really in, encouraged obviously in how God has really kind of transitioned my career as a nurse just in the hospital. But I had a period in my life where I did want to do IV hydration and I ended up partnering with a doctor that I worked with at St. Luke's downtown. And one of the things that I found was I really wanted to focus on, you know, um, a lot of athletes or individuals that really wanted to make themselves feel better. Um, and then, you know, a lot of these, individuals were, um, wanting to, you know, seek help and, and get better and feel better, I guess, as far as their health. And they wanted to take the necessary vitamins or the necessary B1 vitamins, you know, for, um, for their muscles and for energy and that kind of thing and really rehydrate them. And I also just wanted to focus on um, individuals. So we see this a lot in the ER where, you know, people are taking different medications for migraines, but they're just not getting any relief from those. And we had this migraine cocktail that could really help with that. But then my provider that I worked with, you know, she kind of wanted to even focus on, um, we had some cocktails that we could mix up in IV bags to help with like hangovers. And, you know, obviously just being a Christian, I'm like, Hey, that's not really what I want to focus on. So it, you know, ended up just not really being the best business partnership. And it was something that I was really thankful that God, you know, took away from my life. So I don't want to necessarily say that sometimes when, you know, cause I think in this circumstance, I, I wanted out because the business, you know, wasn't doing well in, in the time frame that I wanted it to. I didn't really give it that time to kind of elaborate and, and develop as a business. And so part of it was really, really tough because it is that instant gratification piece, right? It's like, you want the clients right away. You want the business. Um, and I think I was just being like really prideful in it. Cause I know a lot of times with IV hydration, you can do well. Um, and you know, I wanted to be able to, um, provide for myself or, you know, give in different ways, you know, and I think I, I wanted to have the best intention with it, but at the same time I didn't in the timing. But as we kind of dive into just instant gratification, I think, you know, I don't want people to confuse what might be us having this desire to do things that are apart from God's will and God just actually taking things away because it is his will. And I think he really took me away from that situation, not to say that I can't do that again in the future, but I think it just needs to be maybe with somebody that is partnered you know, with me in like, in like-mindedness, honestly, you know, with the Christian, with the Christian walk and really actually wanting to help, help people. But kind of the point I'm getting at with that is sometimes when things don't go in the timing or the progression that you want, it's okay to not, to, you know, kind of stew in that, like maybe God is really trying to develop my character in this, or what is God trying to show me in this time and in this waiting season? So that's just kind of an example. Obviously it's, you know, it's a battle and it's just putting a lot less value when you are just constantly wanting to run away from your long-term goals. Um, okay. So now we are going to dig into five different examples of, um, problems I've actually seen it cause with having instant gratification, um, kind of from a work sense from other areas. 
And then we're going to dig into the dig into the good stuff with how we can work about combating this. So a couple problems that I've seen first actually working as a nurse, and this has been very unfortunate, honestly. Um, I work with a lot of kids and, you know, we see them less and less at St. Alphonsus where I work because we are adult trauma. We're adult focused, but I did work at St. Luke's for a couple years and we did kind of see it then too, unfortunately, because it was during that COVID season. Um, and we saw a lot of kids that were, um, I guess, you know, more depressed or having more suicidal thoughts. And it was a really tough yeah, season for these kids. And I want to kind of preface this first example very tactfully and carefully because I do believe that kids younger and younger do struggle with depression, do struggle with suicide. I do not want to take away from that at all. However, unfortunately, especially for kids that really do actually struggle with this, I have seen kids that are um, kind of threatening to the point of just aggression and anger when they have things that they were so instantly given, taken away from them. So I have a lot of kids that I take care of that'll come in and they're talking to their mom and they're talking very aggressive to their mom or their dad. And they're saying, Hey, you know, I, um, am so, I'm so mad at you. I'm going to hurt myself. I'm going to, you know, do all these things. I'm going to overdose on medications. I'm going to cut, I'm going to, you know, all these different ways of, um, you know, kind of threatening to hurt themselves because they had their Xbox taken away, you know, and maybe the parents took their Xbox away because they backtalked to them or, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, they're, you know, trying to kind of set these boundaries of discipline, right? We've had other kids too, that are not supposed to be talking to certain, you know, certain friends, or they, you know, shouldn't be talking if they're like a young boy or a young girl, you know, they shouldn't be talking to the opposite gender, the parents, you know, want to set boundaries there. Um, and so they take their phone away. But what we see a lot of times is just this instant escalation with these kids. I mean, almost automatically, it's like, as soon as their Xbox is taken away, I had a couple examples where kids, no joke, were coming in probably two hours later from when they had, you know, their devices and their toys taken away. And they're saying, I hate you. And, you know, they're kind of yelling at their parents and they're getting so escalated for the smallest things. And then it's just that instant gratification, you know, they're, they're given so much. Um, and obviously, you know, for me, I'm not a parent yet. And if that's, you know, God's, God's will, hopefully I will be someday. But, um, when I'm thinking about kids and obviously every kid is different and no kid is perfect, but I think too, some parents have even just kind of expressed to me as a nurse, kind of this vulnerability. Cause a lot of times they come in such a vulnerable state because they're at their wits end with their kid, you know, because they've had so many issues kind of behaviorally with, um, with their child. And so they come to me kind of as a last resort, you know, as a nurse. And then, you know, they ask me or they say, yeah, you know, I think where I went, where I went wrong, or they'll say, Hey Jess, if you ever do have kids someday, I want you to kind of understand that you need to set set boundaries, you know, earlier. Cause I think some parents feel really bad. I think there's been several that have expressed to me, they feel really bad if they're not as involved or if they're working more often and they're doing all these things to where they're not present with their kid. Right. So they feel guilty. And so they feel like they have to give them all of these materialistic possessions, but then it just racks up and racks up. And then they just kind of let them watch TV all day, or they let them use their Xbox, or they let them have their phone. And then kids naturally, when they're not going to have these boundaries, especially kids that, you know, maybe aren't raised, 
um, in like a faith-based home or they just have different instruction or different discipline, you're going to find that a lot of times that they are just going to kind of go nonstop until it's taken away. But with that, there's kind of this lack of um, instruction for after when discipline does happen and what that should look like. Or, you know, even just saying to your kid, hey, this is why I took this away is because I love you and I want to protect you in this way. I want to protect you, um, you know, because I do, I do care about you. And I think there's just kind of this lack of like discipline being love because you do want to raise your kids right and have that and have that desire. So I think, unfortunately, the reason why I say it's just kind of wreaked havoc into just a negative sense and where it's going to kind of develop almost into a, like an umbrella issue. We have instant gratification kind of on the top, but then also how it really seeps into character. Um, and we're seeing it with kids just in angry outbursts in aggression. And then a lot of times these parents, they get to their, they kind of get to the end of, I mean, they are just so discouraged. And then a lot of, you know, parents I've talked to, they're not believers. I might talk to them about prayer or faith or, you know, if they're involved with like any therapists, but then all of a sudden they just get to like the medication component and then they're like, okay, now I got to medicate my kid younger and younger. Cause I just, I'm at the end. I don't know what to do. And so it's just kind of stemming into issue after issue after issue. And then it becomes kind of a, a bandaid instead of, um, instead of a fix Um, All because of one, you know, one simple issue or what we view as simple that really isn't. And that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it today is because I think so many people just kind of view things so simply like, oh, I'll just give them whatever they want. And it just seems so easy and so innocent at the time. But look how it's kind of wreaking havoc on their life and what it's developing, you know, as a as a young individual. When we think about these young kids, you know, we have 11 and 12 year olds that are coming in that want to hurt themselves. And, you know, when I think about myself as a little kid, I had no idea what that even meant. I mean, I grew up pretty sheltered probably in that sense. But, um, but at the same time, kids are becoming, you know, because of social media, that kind of thing, they're becoming more and more aware of what's, you know, what's going around, what's going on around them. And, um, I think too, if it's just, they're given everything in the world at a young age, it's really not, it's kind of hindering their development of their character of, you know, patience and humility and not always getting everything that they want in, in life. It's really going to inhibit them for the future. And that's why I wanted to talk, you know, talk about it today because I think it can really be detrimental, um, for the future. But like I said, I'm obviously not a, a parent, but you know, I'm coming to you guys with this advice just from even what I've heard from other parents in the ER and just other parents around me, like other, you know, friends of mine that are, that are parents and the advice that they've just, you know, given me. And so I'd like to speak that to you this morning. Um, the second example of the problem that I've kind of seen is adults actually losing sight of what they want to do or who they want to be. And one of the biggest areas that I've um, kind of seen this in is with social media. We'll kind of talk about that quite a bit. I mean, obviously, like our culture, we talk so much about the negative parts of um, social media. Obviously, there are very good parts. Um, you know, there's a lot of education that you can do through social media ways that you can educate good sources. I mean, it's definitely a blessing for sure. Um, Google maps. It's great. (laughs) It's like the only reason I have an iPhone. 
Um, but anyway, so <laughs> just kind of the second example with adults a lot of times, and I'm, I'm not seeing it as much. I mean, we think about even just my parents, you know, people that haven't grown up with as much social media. I mean, even me too, growing up like early nineties, obviously I was really young. I was, you know, six and 2000, but at the same time, it was just kind of a different growing up. We didn't really have TikTok and Instagram like those, you know, weren't our focuses at a young, at a young age. And we weren't really getting phones very young. I had like a, a flip phone as my first first phone with minutes on it I'm pretty sure but the reason why I kind of talk about it from the social media aspect is because I think there's just this really big focus with like Instagram and TikTok and this big focus on spending so much time on those apps and so a lot of times adults they kind of want that um 30 second, you know, 15 to 30 second focus. So that's why TikTok really caters to a short amount of time for videos because our culture has so honed in on, you know, that instant gratification. I want to have, um, kind of that, like that pleasure, just that, I mean, whatever kind of I guess what kind of like experience you're looking for a lot of times might be like a, you know, a 30 second reel. You're just like, oh my goodness, I just, I learned so much in that 30 seconds. And I think our brain has been wired more so and more so now in our culture to almost have an ADD focus, which is weird. Like you can only process things like your brain is constantly going, 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 going. And so that's why Instagram and TikTok, they know exactly what they're doing because they're catering to a new focus or a new subject in like 15 to 30 seconds. And that's just kind of how we operate our life. You know, we can't sit down and watch something anymore. It's got to be this constant, like repetitive swiping. It's just, you can never be satisfied with anything. Um, And so the reason why I talked about, you know, adults kind of losing sight with social media is because they're spending so much time on TikTok. So they're letting their brain just go and go and go when maybe they should be studying for a test for their career. Um, You know, I think about that. One of my goals um, soon is to get my CEN. So just a certification for an emergency nurse. And a lot of times you have to sit down and you got to study and you've got to kind of put the time in and put the work in. And I think a lot of times, you know, if I had like a TikTok or a Pinterest, you know, I don't have those things for a reason. I think I would just be totally distracted from what it was that I need to be doing in order to study. It's the same thing when people have maybe different house projects that they want to do. Or, um, you know, I've even talked to some people that do like interior design, that kind of thing. And they have this idea for a project they want to do for their house. And then they'll talk about how they're so behind because they're like, oh yeah, I'll be sitting on my couch after work and just going through TikTok reels and Instagram and that kind of thing. And I think when we just, we so want that instant, um, Uh, that instant fix just to make us laugh, you know, comic relief, that kind of thing. We can just hone in and spend hours. And then it's unfortunate too, because TikTok and Instagram, they're really good with the algorithms as far as, you know, kind of catering to what you search. So obviously if you love, you know, puppies or dogs or animals or, you know, art or that kind of thing, you could look up one thing one time and there it is. And then you're, you know, caught kind of caught yourself in an hour to two hours worth of just scrolling when you could have been working on your house project or studying for your next test. Um, So that's kind of where I've seen it, I think, affect adults, especially, you know, negatively that are, you know, kind of getting into their careers or that are in the workforce and that kind of thing. Our third example um, is increased anger 
aggression and depression, kind of comparing on social media and other people's lives. So I'm seeing a lot of response, unfortunately, um, with instant gratification in a negative and angry way. And a lot of times, you know, I think I've heard recently on several sermons, I just heard it two days ago on Sunday. And it, I mean, it is an important thing to hone in on, but we talk a lot about, you know, traffic issues as Christians. Like, who are you as a believer when you're alone in your car and somebody cuts out in front of you? What are you doing? Are you cussing them out? Are you screaming at them? Are you flipping them off? You know, what's kind of your response in that situation? And while it's important to be um, accountable in that, I do think that there are a lot of ways that people have kind of escalated to this idea of anger for very, for other very, you know, simple reasons. I think a lot of times too, people have kind of escalated to anger, even just in coffee lines. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, you think about Starbucks, everybody loves, I mean, most people love Starbucks. I, I don't particularly, but that's all right. Um, but the reason why I use that as an example is because Starbucks just, it's always a long line, right? I mean, everybody knows the name and they don't want to wait. They don't want to wait for their coffee because they got to get to work. They're late. Um, but then it escalates to honking your horns, to getting mad, to getting aggressive. Um, and then I think about it even too, just in fast food lines, like I'll be in restaurants and I'll be you know, waiting for my food and somebody will be ahead of me and then something happened in the kitchen and all of a sudden people are just getting so escalated and so mad. Um, but they're all of a sudden, like everybody's always the victim. Everybody's always inconvenienced, right? But it's hard because sometimes you're the one, especially in the coffee instance, that's late for work. That's on you. You can't blame the baristas. You can't blame anybody else but yourself really in that circumstance but we always look for something or some reason to blame somebody else and that can be a really really dangerous game it's like you're not getting something instantly you know you're not getting that chick-fil-a a lot of times they pride themselves on getting people through lines in about five minutes um and sometimes that's just not going to happen like things do happen in the kitchen that are going to kind of push back that that time. And yeah, you know, they, they pride themselves on it, but at the same time, it's still just the instant food, the instant fix. And, um, so I think I've definitely kind of seen that in a, in a problem or as a problem. And I already just talked about it earlier, how I think it is an important thing to consider because it's wreaking havoc in people's, um, character. Our fourth thing is, um, this is just kind of a kind of a tough one because it's going to translate to relationships like romantic relationships, um, friendships, and then also even just maybe business partners, kind of this aspect of almost like a disloyalty or kind of looking, looking at it as like the grass is greener on the other side. So obviously we're kind of in this culture of kind of entrepreneur mind. Everybody's, you know, trying to do their own business. They're trying to be Instagram influencers. They're trying to, you know, get their own thing going. Right. But I think a lot of times where, you know, you start businesses, you kind of get in this mindset of wanting things instantly. Like I've said a thousand times already in this podcast. Right. But with that, um, you're not letting your business unfold maybe in the way that God wants it to unfold. And that can be pretty unfortunate too, because that's 
Um, that kind of thing, again, takes progression. Like when you think about building clients or building followers, if you are an Instagram influencer, it's okay to let that happen organically, right? And the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Sometimes God puts people in your life initially at the startup of a company for a reason, because they are going to be the people, they are going to be the accountability that's going to see that progression through, They're not going to flake on you and you're going to build character within that business together. And then think about the relationships that you can establish from starting with somebody from scratch with your business and how close you can get and how meaningful that can be. And even too, if you're doing, you know, any, any company or starting any business and truly doing like sharing the gospel, doing kingdom work. Think about the progression that you could be missing out on if you're like, oh, I need to be here. I need to have this many followers by this month. It's okay to have those goals, but at the same time, if you don't achieve them, how are you going to um, develop as a person in order to, you know, continue? Our last one, or I guess, sorry, if we kind of rewind and go back to um, even just, yeah, friendships and relationships, uh, it's kind of still that same aspect of, you know, the grass is greener on the other side. I think we live in a day where it's kind of funny because, you know, everybody knows about dating apps, that kind of thing. I think this is where it gets really tough too, because this even translates into friendships. So there's some apps that are like, oh, are you looking for friends or are you looking for a relationship? But the thing is, that's really hard about this. And I think where um, that gratification kind of comes in is if something doesn't work out right away, or if let's say, you know, I'm on a, um, let's say I go on a dating app and I'm talking to a guy and he doesn't answer me in a couple hours or a couple days or that kind of thing. It's really easy just to like not match with them or whatever, or it's easy to kind of, and I haven't been on really too many apps, but so I don't really know how they all work, but, um, but it's, yeah, just kind of easy to get rid of that match. And, um, it, you know, it's kind of the same thing too, with if they talk to you and all of a sudden you get bored, it's like, you just look for the next option. Like there's options. If you, you know, swipe right, swipe left or whatever, however that works. Um, So if you get bored with one, you just keep going to the next option. And sometimes too, you could be missing out on, you know, God's best for your life just because you were bored from maybe one message that they sent you. Like you didn't even allow yourself to get to know them. You maybe didn't even go on a date. You didn't even give them a chance. And I think really giving people chances can take months. Like it can take a while to get to know somebody and really know their character, especially if you do see potential. Now there is the other side of it. I mean, obviously if you're unequally yoked or, you know, if there's things that you're seeing that, you know, you're not lining up as as much as you wanted to, you know, spiritually, or you find that kind of stuff out. Okay. Yeah. There's a reason it's better to end it sooner than later. So I don't want to, I don't want to say that, but at the same time, I think when you do have potential with somebody and you're just, you know, getting rid of them or getting rid of them as an option, just because they, you know, maybe are living their life. Um, I think it just be like kind of detrimental to maybe the character that God is trying to build in you or even just the relationships he's trying to give you. It's the same thing with friendships too. Like even if you find friends on the apps, I think a lot of times that can be a great way to find a friend if you're kind of maybe struggling in that area. Because one thing that's nice about the apps is 
you know, you can kind of do a, a profile, I guess, maybe not necessarily like an extensive one, but you can kind of get an idea maybe on where somebody stands politically or where somebody stands with their faith. And, you know, that automatically can just be a really good window of opportunity for a friendship. But even just through the apps, if that's something that you want to do, I just encourage you to kind of take some time or take the opportunity to actually get to know somebody on there and really um, be intentional with that because I think it really builds, you know, character and it just builds relationships, you know, even, even friendships, nothing's instant. This stuff takes, this stuff takes time, especially to develop uh, character. So our fifth example is um, just kind of more, I guess, selfish focus. I think that's where, you know, I talked a lot about anger and I talked a lot about aggression and just different ways that instant gratification can affect those components. But I think kind of this overarching theme and issue is the selfish focus with instant gratification. It's like, I need this now. What can this person do for me? Oh, I'm going to get on this app. I'm going to have all this attention. Um, you know, as far as dating, oh, you know, I want them or I want them, or I'm going to kind of cherry pick this and yada, yada, yada. And it ends up just being an entirely selfish focus. So then it's kind of wreaking havoc, like I said, into other areas of your life, right? So it may manifest in work. It may manifest in relationships. So then, okay, you're starting a business or you're maybe not even starting a business. You're just doing your work and you're like, okay, well, how can this person serve me? Or how can this person make me the most money? Or how can this person, and the list just goes on. Same thing with relationships. How can they validate me? Are they going to be a good um, wife or a good husband? And then we kind of run into this issue of, you know, instead of you thinking about how can I prepare best to be with my future spouse? You're like, Oh, what can they do for me? They have to be the good wife. You know, they have to be, they have to do this and this, they have to do that. That's what I'm looking for. But it's also like, you know, even from my perspective, looking at my future spouse, you know, I've been told that by guys in the, in the past too. It's like, Oh, you know, um, I definitely want a wife, Jess, like this is a big focus of mine, but it's also like, okay, what are you doing though? Or how are you developing? How are you growing your character? How are you taking the time? What kind of accountability are you looking for to develop yourself as a, as a man and a spouse? Um, and just as a godly, you know, person, because it's like, that's what it's going to take really to create a fruitful marriage. It takes two, um, to tango. So obviously I'm not, you know, perfect at, that by any means, but at the same time, it is something that I really want to, I really want to focus on. Like, how can I be a better spouse? How can I be a better wife to my future husband? How can I pray for them? That kind of thing. So I think it just becomes this like me, 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 me focus instead of just being humble or being selfless or serving people. You know, you don't meet a lot of people that want to um, serve you anymore. It's, you know, very, very self self-focused, unfortunately. And so I think it's just such an important topic to talk about. Um, cause I think it's, it's affecting, it's affecting people too, too much. And I think it's, um, definitely not a good thing. All right. So we talked 
kind of about the nitty gritty, kind of the tough stuff, but I'm really excited because now we're going to, we're going to jump into the, into the joy of it and just how we can, you know, five different ways that we can combat this. And then I'm going to end with five. So I got a theme of fives apparently today, but we're going to end with five different verses that I think will really encourage you going through this week, just maybe on how you can kind of combat those temptations in your life. And the reason why I want to end in that way is because ultimately we need to take it back to the word, right? We need to take it back to God and just really listen to what God has to say, because truly what he has to say is a lot more important than what I have to say. So number one on how we can combat this issue with instant gratification. And my first example is just taking things one day at a time. So you can do this kind of from um, like a, not necessarily worldly, but just kind of a goal aspect, I guess. And even from a spiritual sense, different things one day at a time. So one of my, I was actually talking to a friend recently and one of her goals for the spring is to run a half marathon. And I love running half marathons. I actually did one a few years ago and it's a blast to train for. They're a lot of fun. So one of the things that you can do, and maybe this is just an idea, a lot of times people maybe just don't know what their week looks like as far as meal prepping, that kind of thing. Obviously, you need to be eating enough for the calories that you're going to be expending in training for a half marathon. And so that's going to be kind of an adjustment, right? So maybe even just doing some sort of um, calculator. I actually just um, started doing that, kind of counting more macros and being, you know, disciplined about my eating. And there's, you know, my fitness pal and carb calculator that you can really use as awesome resources just for kind of figuring out what, as far as what proportions you're eating. And if you are eating well, um, and there's a lot of recipes within there. So it's kind of cool too, because it kind of helps you know what to eat and how much to eat, especially for what you're expending. And it's kind of based on your activity level too, and making sure you're drinking enough water. So it's all great things, right? So, um, I would say even just meal prepping for the week, you know, sometimes people don't meal prep at all. So maybe that's a transition you make to really prolong and actually fulfill that goal. Because right, if we're focused in this instant gratification mindset all the time, we're not going to accomplish that goal. We're not going to have the desire to accomplish the goal of running a marathon or a half marathon because it's too far out, you know, even a few months out, you know, we're kind of in this mindset, like I said, like the TikTok mindset, it's like 30 seconds, 30 seconds. All right. Okay. I'm good. You know, got my comic relief for the day. All right. Peace. Going to go to bed. No, we got to kind of shift our, shift our focus. So maybe for you, it's doing, yeah, some sort of, um, run or some sort of, some sort of challenge. Okay. Maybe meal prep for the week instead of just, you know, planning your meals every day, you know, if it's the Lord's will, obviously, as you kind of progress through the week, maybe think about how you want that to look, or, you know, you know, your work week. So think, okay, what, what times could I run this amount of miles, that kind of thing and preparing for that. It's the same thing. If you're planning to lose, lose weight, I mean, you know, um, maybe you just feel really convicted in that. And sometimes you can even plan, kind of months out, not necessarily your meal prep, but just what you would like to, um, I guess, you know, some people kind of focus on like what they want to weigh. And I mean, obviously you don't want to hone so much in on that, but at the same time, there are certain levels where people have felt or do feel their best as far as kind of their health. So why not encourage people to get back to that? Right. Maybe some of you, and I actually, um, grew up in a very construction 
engineering mindset with my dad and my brothers. And so a lot of times they do, I mean, they always do bids, right, for their projects. And so a lot of time um, we're really focusing, so my dad's focusing on time and material. And all of that goes into the project because whoever is buying or building a certain building, they need to know what exactly they're putting into it because it is a huge investment, especially for you know, companies like my dad's done really large steel buildings. And so I think it's really important to kind of focus. All right. What is our estimate? What is our time and material? What's that going to look like? What's the progression going to look like? What's the time frame going to look like? And those projects, they take time. They take a lot of time. And then even my brother was an engineer and he would work on dams and they take years to accomplish. So it's like, okay, if you can focus or you can hone in on, um, those kind of projects and you can be patient with that. Why can't we be patient with other aspects of our life? Right. And then lastly, maybe it's a, you know, a new career goal or, you know, um, something you kind of want to push. Yeah. Push yourself to do. That's going to take a long time. And I think just with that, we're going to transition kind of into the accountability piece, but surrounding yourself with people that are going to push you and that are going to actually see you through to the end with those, with those goals. So that's number one. So taking things one day at a time, even if it's just you getting a schedule or getting a calendar, that kind of thing, I think that could be really beneficial for you um, because it's allowing you to kind of write out your write out your days. And even if your mind is so scattered and you do have <laughs> like a hard time focusing, which I mean is me sometimes, it's good to write stuff down because then it keeps you accountable, but it also keeps you intentional even to yourself like, oh, I'm going to do this. And then when you do get that reward down the road, so much more satisfying, especially if it's, you know, Christ honoring. It's awesome. All right. So the second one is accountability. And this one is a big one because like I said already, a lot of people struggle with this issue of instant gratification, right? They want things now. So it's pretty easy to surround yourself with people that are having that mindset. It's very hard to find people that are going to see you through with your goals. And one of my goals, actually, um, I did this, we did, I believe it was the New Testament. I'm trying to remember how long it was, but it was on the Bible app and I did it with my siblings and we actually read through and it was kind of cool because the Bible app kind of, it gives you all these different chapters and then notes at the end that you can kind of write to whoever you're doing this plan with, just how you're encouraged by scripture, but it allows you to read through the Bible in a year or, you know, half of the Bible in six months, whatever you want to do. And I ended up doing the New Testament with my siblings and man, it was such an encouragement to me and it was a long time goal, but we kept each other accountable. So that's a huge piece, finding people not even just accountability, finding that accountability that is going to see you through with those goals. That is very, very important. And especially as believers, I think it's really important to find Christian friends because I think automatically when you're serving the Lord and obviously nobody's perfect, right? I mean, some people do kind of struggle with, um, you know, not being like satisfied in certain circumstances or whatever, but there, for the most part, I think when you are following Christ, you're going to want that same accountability. And that's why I think it's really important to find Christians or find people within your church that are going to really help you with those, with those goals. And I found too, that a lot of that influence, they've even helped me with goals that necessarily aren't maybe spiritual goals. They're, you know, yeah, just health goals, that kind of thing. 
there'll be accountability in that as well. And maybe it's not like an everyday accountability. It's just a check in after a week, like, Hey, how are you doing with this? And, you know, I, um, like I said, recently I started counting macros and just kind of started getting a little bit more involved just to kind of take care of myself a little bit better as far as my health, especially in preparing to do, you know, a half marathon now. Um, I, I find that a lot of times when I go to work, I'll have different coworkers that are like, man, Jess, how's that going? Like, how is your prep going? And it's just so encouraging to me because, you know, maybe if I had like a bad day or a lapse, you know, in, in one of the days, they're like, Hey, just keep going. Like it's, it's a long-term goal. It's not just this instant thing. You know, they always talk about how 21 days is what it takes to develop a habit. So you want to develop that habit. So having the right people in your life during that time is really, is really important to get you kind of past, um, past the 21 days. Okay, so the third one, and this is a tough one, but it's a good one. So is learning to say no and resisting the devil. So obviously the devil wants us to stay stagnant. He hates progression. He loves us just to, you know, be isolated. He loves us to be alone. He loves us to be alone in our goals. He doesn't want community. He doesn't want accountability. He doesn't want, you know, people surrounding us and pouring into us and just helping us with these different sin struggles. Um, so I think learning to kind of say no to who is inhibiting you for doing work for the kingdom. Um, so I think a lot of times for me, and I'm, I'm going to go back to that example when I talked about doing like IV hydration. So it was kind of that like instant gratification. I think I, you know, got caught into it where it's like, oh, my business isn't, you know, taking off like I wanted it to. But at the same time, I did have to, you know, learn to kind of say no to the business partner that I had, because I just don't think it was, you know, very compatible with really just the lifestyle that I was trying to live. So in that circumstance, I'm really thankful I did because in that no, God really put on my heart to do this podcast. And I also feel like a lot of my friends again, and just even coworkers have really been encouraging me in my podcast and to keep it going and to be intentional with it. And I just think, you know, ultimately, obviously I want the gospel to be shared. I want what God says in his word to be shared. It's by nothing that I say. Um, but at the same time, I just feel like a lot of people have been encouraging me in that way. And so that's where it's taken away from, you know, kind of that, oh, I want my business to be like instantly here. For me, I finally got into that place of peace. Like I'm just going to let God really take the reins as far as this podcast and do kind of what he wants to, um, with this, with this ministry. So kind of learning to say no to who you need to, um, in order to, yeah, get your goals accomplished, especially if they are very biblical, spiritual, goals. I mean, a lot of times, even just from a spiritual sense, a lot of things do take progression. So it is just going to get, um, it is just going to take time. So resisting the devil. Number four, this one is kind of one of my, one of my favorites. And I think, um, I'm going to talk about kind of triggers and knowing your triggers. And the reason why it's one of my favorites is because I think it can be such a, such an easy way and kind of an instant way to get rid of, um, I, I guess kind of get rid of this issue in your life. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to do it right away, but I think some triggers are very, very easy to get rid of. So for example, social media, we're going to talk about it again. 
I think there's a lot of times where, and I'm guilty of this too. Um, I'm trying to be better about it. Actually, even with my following, I, you know, got rid of some people that I follow on Instagram because I would follow some, you know, influencers or some cooks and chefs. And, uh, I would just follow, I mean, not too many influencers, but at the same time, I found that whatever they were posting is something like even just meals. I'm like, oh man, that's something I'm going to make tonight. Or, oh my goodness, I'm going to make that tomorrow. And it's good things to have, you know, those maybe influencers, influencers in your life. It's not always a bad thing. But I think sometimes too, where people get in trouble is they'll get on Instagram and they'll follow a certain Instagram influencer and they got this really cool like Stanley cup or something or, you know, this cool tumbler or, you know, or like this new pumpkin spice latte, you know, all the ingredients and, or they just got all this cool like Tupperware, you know? And so then in your mind, you're like, oh my goodness, I have this Amazon prime app. All right, let's go on. Let's buy it right away. Okay. And then you go crazy, right? Just that instant gratification. Once again, you can have all the stuff that you want in in like a day. Um, so I think it's just important kind of to know your trigger. So maybe what that looks like for you. And I kind of got to this point where, cause I have Amazon prime and it was never like a huge issue for me. I think it definitely was when I first moved into my house or even just different things that I thought I needed for my house, but I've kind of put a limit like, okay, is this something that I actually need for my house? And I'm trying to kind of get better about working through my mind. Is this something that I need or really could use or how is it that I can use it in my house for the, you know, for the best? And, um, can I use it for community, like for small groups, you know, I've had small groups at my house or, you know, that kind of thing, or do I need this piece of furniture? Um, and just kind of thinking through that before this impulse buying. And a lot of times what, what helps and it's kind of funny is some people hate to get into apps when they have to log in. So they'll log out of like their Instagram app or they won't even have it on their phone. They actually have to physically look up the app, log in. People don't have the time to do that, right? Because it's just that instant gratification again. But if it is what you need to do, getting rid of the app, getting rid of those um, influencers that you follow, if you unfollow them, sometimes those are the steps that you need to take in order to kind of help with just, you know, being patient in getting what you're getting or just realizing like, do I really, really need this? All right. And the last one, and then we're going to transition into our verses. So I'm super excited about this one is pray for a patient and fulfilled spirit and contentment. Um, so I think to end, um, kind of, I mean, we talked about obviously the problems with instant gratification, but I think just even just in summary of that, I've already talked about how it can really manifest in so many areas of our life, in our business, you know, as an issue, in our relationships, in our friendships. And that's why I think it's such an important thing to talk about. And even next generations that we have, like how we maybe parent our kids, that kind of thing. Um, I think it's an important thing to consider just learning to be patient and learning to be content. And for me, um, I talked about this in one of my previous episodes and previous podcasts. I talked about how 
when I first kind of transitioned into becoming a nurse, it was something I wanted to become ever since I was seven years old. And it just, it never changed. And I I just thought, man, if I am not a nurse, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know who I'm going to become. But then it just kind of turned into this worship of nursing and I wanted to worship it. And honestly, I put my identity in it. Like if I don't become a nurse, I'm literally worthless. And Um, it was pretty funny because obviously nursing school is very, very, it's a very tough battle. I mean, it's a very tough season. It was for me. I had setbacks with nursing school and, um, a lot of things I had to overcome just even with like testing and stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm thankful it was God's will for me to still become a nurse, but I went from this girl who was worshiping the idea of being a nurse to a girl that's like, okay, like I'm a nurse. I love serving people, but I just, I want to serve God and I want to do kingdom work. And you know what? If God takes it away from me, I know I'm going to be all right. I know I'm going to be okay. And that took a lot of time and a lot of progression in order for that to in order for that to happen. Um, and so I think sometimes if I would have been so focused on like, oh, I'm going to be a nurse instantly. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get this job. I'm going to, you know, yada, yada, yada. And everything's going to come to me. I think I would be a very different person. I think a very different nurse um, as well. And, I, you know, I talked about it with individuals even recently with just relationships too, like even in dating seasons, you know, a lot of times people are like, Oh, I have so much regret dating, you know, so-and-so or, you know, this person. But at the same time for me, you know, there's been seasons of, you know, where I've kind of seen guys for like a short amount of time or, you know, dated, um, dated guys for a long time. And it's hard because, you know, you look at that season and you're like, man, that was a long, long time. But I just look at how God built me and how God has continued to be building me and just building my character to be more like him and to be more like Christ through those circumstances in preparation for meeting the right, the right person. Right. And I think sometimes if we just want things so instantly, or we just give up on things so instantly, it really takes away from the character and the patience and the humility that God really could be building. And who knows why he's building those I mean, we know why he's building those attributes, but a lot of times, you know, if he's building that character, look how beautiful that's going to be in a future relationship that you have or a future business that you start. You know, if you have that perseverance and just that humility in your business and in your career or even just your your family, you know, and it's going to make you be more like Christ. It's going to make you (laughs) easier to to be around because you have that desire to, you know, um, be patient, but with how God is, you know, controlling your and guiding your life. And I think, you know, that's why I just wanted to end with that, you know, praying for that patient and fulfilled spirit and contentment, because I think that's, what's ultimately building the most beauty for eternity. All right. Now the best part, we're going to end here with our five verses. So the first one is Psalm 27 verse 14. And it says, wait for the Lord, be strong and let your heart take courage, wait for the Lord. And the reason why I love this one so much is it's developing that strength, you know, being strong in the Lord and taking heart. Like who doesn't want to be strong? Who doesn't want to be built up in character? And I think with just that, um, that patience and waiting, it's going to develop that. So why, why not want that? Ecclesiastes seven, eight is our second verse. This is one of my, one of my favorites. 
um, because it says better is the end of a thing than its beginning. You know, and I think about everything in my life that I've really given time to let kind of progress. Um, it's always the most fulfilling and the most reward because there was so much blood, sweat and tears that was put into that certain thing. And it's like, man, why, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you love that? And then it ends and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. So it's just even developing that humility in your life instead of being so, um, so prideful, which I think can really affect your relationships around you really negatively. Third verse is Matthew 24, 13. And it says, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And we kind of talk about this at the end too. I mean, we think about obviously only Jesus or only God knows when um, Christ will return to this earth. We obviously do not know the day or the hour it is coming soon, but just, you know, preparing for that or even preparing for the day that God calls us home. You know, sometimes God allows us to be on this earth for 90 plus years and there's endurance in that. There's waiting in that. There's different seasons that we go through in that. So um, the one who endures will be saved. Our fourth one is Romans 12, 12. And I like this one because it says rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. And the reason why I love this the most is, you know, I focus on this so much in my podcast. Like I obviously want this to be focused on, you know, sharing the gospel, focusing on God. And this verse brings us back to the reliance on God, your constant in prayer, your patient in tribulation going, okay, God, I don't know what you're teaching me in this moment but I'm really thankful that you are teaching me something. And then, you know, you kind of progress forward and sometimes you see, see in hindsight and it's always 2020 and then you kind of get clarity and you're like, okay, that makes sense. That's awesome. Thank you, Lord. And then our last verse is Hebrews 6, 15. And it says, and thus Abraham having patiently waited, obtained the promise. And this is just a reminder to you guys, God, no matter what, happens to us. It is not, I talked about this last week with Christine and it's not by chance that things happen. I mean, everything is going to be fulfilled as God has promised. I mean, God revealed to us what's going to happen in revelation. We talk so much about, you know, the end times in revelation and what is going to happen is going to happen in your life. And so be patient in that, be patient in the waiting. And I think it's just very, very encouraging. So yeah, just to end, I mean, just think about how patiently we wait for God's plan in our lives, you know, in our lives, um, lives, um, (laughs) just thinking about, again, like I said, his return or when he calls us home, there's so many things that we need to rest in him on. And I just want you to think about that this week. So I would love to um, encourage you ladies with that. I'm so happy that you joined this week and I will be praying for all of you this week. God bless all of you. Um, And then yeah, stay tuned for next, uh, next episode. I'm excited. 